Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everybody. My name is Layla, and you're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you could join us this morning. But before we get into the Word, let's take a moment and pray. Lord, we just thank you for today and for your abundant grace that you pour out on us, Lord, and that your mercies are new each and every morning, Lord, that you give us favor in the sight of our peers, Lord, that you cause us to excel, Lord. And we just thank you for your Holy Spirit that you have sent to guide us into all truth, Lord, and to show us things to come. We ask that you would minister to each and every person, Lord, listening to this podcast and those participating in it, Lord, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. And we just thank you for the daily bread that you give us, which is your word, Lord, because you are the living bread and you are living waters. And we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everybody. We are excited that you're with us as we continue our study of the word and specifically our series on the Lord's house. We have one more, well, at this time, (laughs) one more lesson, if you will, discussion on the altar of burnt offering. But before we get into that, I just asked if you are blessed by this message, that that you would like it, that you subscribe on this or any number of the platforms that you can find this podcast on, and that you would share it with others so they too can be blessed and we all can learn and grow in the Lord together. Amen? Amen. So with that being said, let's get into the Word. And Can I get a volunteer to read Exodus 27 and the first, or reread Exodus 27 and the first eight verses, please? I will. All right, Charles. You shall make an altar of acacia wood, five cubits long and five cubits wide. The altar shall be square, and its height shall be three cubits. You shall make its horns on its four corners. Its horns shall be of one piece within, and you shall overlay it with bronze. Also, you shall make its pans to receive its ashes, and its shovels, and its basins, and its forks, and its fire pans. You shall make all of its utensils of bronze. You shall make a grate for it, a network of bronze. And on the network, you shall make four bronze rings at its four corners. You shall put it under the rim of the altar beneath, that the network may be midway up the altar. And you shall make poles for the altar, poles of acacia wood, and overlay them with bronze. The poles shall be put in the rings, and the poles shall be on the two sides of the altar to bear it. You shall make it hollow with boards, as you were shown, as it was shown you on the mountain, so shall they make it. Amen. Amen. So we're going to open up the floor at this time. So you can share with the Holy Spirit speaking and ministering to you. And, of course, if you have any questions, please, now's the time to ask them. All right? Okay. So who'd like to begin? I would. <laughs> Go ahead, Layla. Go ahead, Layla. Um, the last time we, the last episode that we had done, we were talking about the workings of the altar. And uh, Mr. Dean had brought up how it was bronze and the different kinds of properties that lent itself to make it sturdier in addition to the sturdiness of the acacia wood already provided. And 
in the description of the bronze altar, the Lord has said, make it hollow with boards. And the Lord was showing me that he didn't make it harder for the children of Israel to build this tabernacle for him. He made it easy. Um, it's easier to hold a hollow log or something hollow on your shoulder or in your hand than it is if it's full of stuff. Or like if you've ever gone out to um, make rubber band guns with the mm-hmm. wood blocks, it's easier when there's the middle of the block is cut out to hold it than it is when it's solid all the way through with wood. And so it just reminded me of um, Matthew 11, when Jesus was talking about um, his burden, or actually it's not a burden, mm-hmm. but his requirements. And this is Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. And it says, come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we see here um, Jesus making it clear because there have been people in the past. And um, I mean, even in my own life, I have thought that the Lord was making things harder, unnecessarily harder. And um. it's easy for humans and people in general to go, well, the Lord is just making it harder. It's easier to sin. It's easier to take a shortcut or a way that's different from what the Lord asked you to do or laid out for you. Mm -hmm. And here Jesus is correcting that for the children of Israel and saying, no, this is the way it should be. This is where you find true rest. Um, For like, if there are children listeners, if you've ever done chores and you took a shortcut, you thought it was a shortcut until your parents came back and told you you didn't do it right. Now you got to go back and do it again. So instead of putting forth excellence in the beginning, when they told you to do it the first time, you had to put double or triple or how many times it took you to go back and do the one task that you that you didn't do all the way because you thought it was easier. It seemed easier to take a shortcut. And my mom always tells me, if you hear words like it feels like, it looks like, it sounds, it seems like, those are red indicators that that's not the truth. And that's um, big vocabulary that the enemy uses with humans. It seems like God doesn't know what he's talking about. It sounds mm-hmm. like he wants you to do this. And no, Jesus said exactly what he wanted to say, and he meant exactly what he said. So if he said, wipe the counter off uh, at a 45-degree angle, he knows what's best, so you mm-hmm. do it. And when he told the children of Israel to build the tabernacle, he said, do it this way because you'll be able to accomplish it. If you just said, no, I'm not going to hollow out the the acacia wood. I'm just going to make it solid all the way through. You would have added burden and weight to yourself. Not God didn't do it, but you did. So there is benefit in learning from the Lord and paying attention to what he says and the instruction that he gives and not to become short-sighted in the moment and go, I don't see it, Lord. So it must not happen because we don't see a lot. Actually, we have limited sight because of our dirt bodies. And he's the only one that sees and knows everything naturally, spiritually, you name it. He's got eyes everywhere and he sees and he knows. So it is more beneficial and a better use of your time to trust him and to walk with him versus trying to fight him and go, no, Lord, you don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Yes. Thank you. And in that, <laughs> what's actually happening? 
filter. Whether it's as a child, right? And receiving instructions and, and all those things. What what if you could just boil it down to one word? What's actually happening? Laziness. Sin. No. Yeah. Um disobedience. What he's talking about is what is the parent doing? Hmm. What is well that? But it's a process, right? Yes. Because if you already knew everything, then you wouldn't need to receive instruction or guidance or encouragement or admonishment. You would just automatically know what to do. There would be no need for parents, right? Yes. But clearly that's not the case, yes? Yes. Yes. And even though there are actions, right, Mm -hmm. whether it's for cleaning or chores or anything, right, there's always an action. You may understand some of what the action is a, is for, but the when it's required, why it's required, right? All the additional information, right? Yes. Not just what to do or how to do it, but, the but why. why it's required exactly. and when it's required, right? Yes. But that all comes through a process of what? Training. Learning, okay. being teachable, humble, okay. willing to receive. Put it in scriptural terms. What would be the word? Hmm. Obedient. Refinement. There is a refining that happens. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. yes. Because many of these things that we've taught you, we haven't just said one time, but we repeat them over and over and over again, right? Yes. Which is okay. It's a safeguard, right? Mm-hmm. But yes. even in the re- the repetition... It, it keeps changing and adjusting to the level of maturity that you're demonstrating. Mm-hmm. Right. Because as you grow, as you mature, you are able to receive more information, more uh, concerning the why. I'll phrase it in that way, right? You're able to receive more of the why and the when and not just the action, not just understanding the action or what is happening, when it's required, why it's required, at what point in times, right? Yes. Yes. So you're able to understand and receive that. But there is a refining process that's happening, right? Yes. 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 And this happens all the time, right? Yes. It's yes. not just for a future thing. Oh, well, you're you're ready to go move out and spread your wings. and I'm going to teach you how to clean a counter now. Right now. Now I need to teach you how to clean a counter and cook and change a tire or whatever the case is, right? All these Life lessons, like everyday stuff, right? Yes. But isn't that what our Lord and Savior does for each of his children? Yes. There's two places I want to read, right? Because we're talking about the how this pertains to the bronze altar, right? And we ourselves are, and I'll say are required to present ourselves as a living sacrifice, right? Yes. yes. Because he's our God and we're his people, right? Yes. Scripture in Romans also tells us, to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus the Christ, right? Yes. yes. But as it pertains to refining, uh, can I get a volunteer to turn to Isaiah 48 and another volunteer to turn to Zechariah 13? I'll take Zechariah 13. I'm at Isaiah Okay, we're going to read Isaiah first. And with Isaiah, 
Could I have you read verses 9 through... It's really 9 through 10. But, um, could I have you read 9 through 11? Yes. For my name's sake, I will defer my anger. And for my praise, I will restrain it from you, so that I do not cut you off. Behold, I refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, for my own sake, I will do it. For how should my name be profaned? And I will not give my glory to another. Hmm. So in this section of scripture, right, as we're talking about the bronze altar, refining is not always fun. It is no. <laughs> oftentimes never fun. It is painful. Why? Because those impurities are being removed, burned out from us, right, in our lives. And sometimes they're deeply located. Man, they're right? They're not always up on the surface where it's easy. Sometimes it comes down from a, you know, much deeply... A deeper place. Rooted place, absolutely. So, but this is part of the process, right? And mm-hmm. and many times, uh, many have often looked at the scriptures as future prophetic, and the one in Isaiah, as this future prophetic word given about the refining process. But no, as soon as you come into the world, and especially when you submit yourself to the Lord, that's when the refining starts. It begins immediately. So we can be like Christ, right? Conformed to his image and likeness. And you see that it's tested in the furnace of affliction, right? Um, But it's being done for his name's sake, so that his name isn't profaned. Right? How, I mean, just even in the natural, right? How many mm-hmm. times you're like, oh, that's so-and-so's child, right? Mm-hmm. And regardless yes. of age. But then you also see how it's said when they're doing something contrary to their parents' character mm-hmm. and nature. And the mindset that, that people then have towards that individual, Right? Yes. yes. It's a, it shows a bad reflection of what the parents have poured into them, mm-hmm. as it were, right? Yes. yes. So how and if that's how people view things in the natural, in this life, how much more should we be refined for our Heavenly Father to not profane His name? Amen. And to be honest, we're the ones that benefit from the refining. Absolutely. Because, you know, I, you, you all must, you hear me say this often, God doesn't need us to be who he is. He does not. He's going to continue. <laughs> he has right. no beginning and he has no end. He is going to continue. There's no doubt about that. There's no question. However, us, <laughs> we, you know, how we continue um, eternally here in the natural, but also eternally, that's what's up for question. And mm-hmm. the refining process is to save our life, to save our soul. It's not to make God better in any way. So when he disciplines us, when he teaches us, when he refines us, when he speaks with us, when he takes his time with us, yes, it's because he's gracious and because of his love, but also because it's for our good. It's for our good Amen. and for our benefit alone. My, and my refining is for me. Your refining is for you. Absolutely. Will you get some benefits from it? Sure. It's a whole lot 
better to deal with me as, as a refined <laughs> believer, right? That the Lord has yes. worked with yes. me. Anybody that knew me before Christ could probably shake their head, you know, adamantly <laughs> and vehemently. Yes. Kamisha after Christ is much better than she was before Christ, but that and was likewise. for me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and likewise, especially. And you guys get some of the benefits, but not more benefit than I do. That's it. Of being the new creation in Christ and letting him take his time and, and process those things out of mm-hmm. me that would cause my um, stumbling or downfall or detriment. I get all the blessing and all the benefit. Most definitely. Amen. And it first begins not with us, but with Christ. So, honey, you mentioned, uh, you took over uh, Zechariah, right? I did, I did. Can you read uh, verse 9, please? 9, okay. Uh, Zechariah 13. Verse 9. Verse 9. I will bring the one-third through the fire, will refine them as silver is refined, and test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name, and I will answer them. I will say, this is my people. And each one will say, the Lord is my God. So it begins with the relationship, our relationship with the Lord, right? Each of us, and, and if you look at the first or the two greatest commandments, love, love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, body, soul, strength. You shall love the Lord your heart, God with mind. all your heart, soul, heart, mind, yes, and strength. Exactly. And love your neighbor as yourself. Thank you. You're welcome. So that then gets demonstrated. It first starts with, begins with the Lord. That's who we are being conformed to his image, right? Or, yes. Or yes. And then because of that, we're able to love our neighbor as ourself. We're able to show, display, demonstrate the same character and nature and attributes as our Lord and Savior to our neighbor. Not just other believers, to literally everyone we come in contact with. We're able to show yes. them the love of God, the same love that he showed us, especially when we were in opposition to him. Right? Yes. yes. But you see, the same, the same thing is being discussed in both places. The refining, right? But then you see the outcome, right? And, and this is, if you go back to uh, our teachings about... Um, understanding and operating in the will of the Lord, the, which is also the, the plumb line that stretches throughout the entirety of Scripture. All right? It's also His covenant, His plan, His purpose, or all those things for our life, is that He will be our God and we will be His people. And that's what the outcome is of the refining. There's nothing separating us from the Lord. But we, for our part, have to be willing to submit to that that refining process and let him burn up all the things that don't reflect him and his nature and his character and attributes in our lives. Mm-hmm. Amen. And, you know, why would we want those things in us anyway? <laughs> we shouldn't. <laughs> um, you know, what purpose do they serve? What's the benefit? Well, only us in our flesh, which is no of no benefit. And in it dwells no good thing. Exactly. But Charles, did you have something you wanted to say? No. Oh, promise you did? Go ahead, sir. Yes. Okay, go ahead, sweetheart. Okay, first go show me like with the horns of the bronze altar and how where the Lord specifically said they had to be molded, they had to be at the same piece of the rest of the altar. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord showed me that 
when the Lord said that, he wasn't, which I didn't understand why he wanted it in one spot, but the Lord had shown me that it would have been easy instead of trying to make two separate pieces and then trying to screw the other one on. Or welded on is what they would have to do, melt other metal to mm -hmm. um, in between the pieces. But when it's something is welded, when it's a separate piece, the tendency of it to break extremely higher increases it increases the tendency for you to go oops and knock one off or something of that nature mm -hmm. gets amplified absolutely versus if it's all one piece it's more likely it's stronger there are no um, separations no break points it's much easier to maintain and it's integrity if it's all one piece go ahead my love it's in low show me that that's how he wants us to that's how he wants us to be with the Lord, to be in peace with him. Amen. And how when you're talking about where the metal is weak and when it's welded on, the Lord doesn't want it where as soon as temptation comes, you just fall off. Amen to that. He wants us to be able to endure and to remain. Anything else? No. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I was listening um, back to you, Layla. Sin is complicated. You guys have heard me say that before. It's complicated. It's never just straightforward. It's never just, I can calculate what the reciprocal action is going to be, what the what this is going to unlock or trigger, what doors will be opened by my sin. You cannot. You get control over you and everything else. Once it leaves you is out of your hands. Once you invite the adversary in, he comes to do what he does, to steal, kill, and destroy. And yes. even as believers, if we sin, God says, yes, he forgives us. Yes, you know, um, he still receives us and he loves us. But you open the door for the adversary. And that cost and that consequence is more than we oftentimes want to or able to endure. It's not the same as when we're walking and there's just trouble common to man showing up. This is an invitation that's been sent out. And, you know, of course, the adversary is going to take that you know take you up on that take that offer and it's just when you think about it when you think about all the depths all the complicated matters that come as a result when you think about the um, length of time that now has to be taken and set apart to deal with it the all that is robbed when we engage in sin or refuse to let the lord dev develop us so that we were more um resistant to sin when you think about that it, it really isn't worth it. it it really is just worth letting God have his way in your life and um laying on the altar as you will if you will and letting him refine us it, it's much much more worth much more um worth it in my opinion um, and that's from personal experience that's from searching the word in the scriptures that's from the truth of God's mouth and his word that it's all the above is just, just go with God. It's going to work out better. Um, Layla, you were talking about, uh, you referenced Matthew chapter 11. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I read that scripture, um, especially verse 30 for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When I read the word light, I mean, yes, I think of the, light and weight and easy to carry but i also think he gives us his light to carry so he exchanges the darkness that was on the inside of us and gives us his light so that we be, we can become the light on a hill if you will we can become um 
him shining through us in the earth. And that responsibility, it's a privilege, but there does come accountability with it and opportunity. And, you know, that it's an honorable thing, but it's also not burdensome when God asks us to follow his commandment. You know, when he asks us to trust him, when he asks us to obey him, when he asks us to love, when he asks us to do whatever, to give him all that we have, it's not burdensome. And the, yes. the weight of the light that he gives us to carry is also in itself. It's weighty in some regards, but it's light when it's compared to the darkness. This is so much easier just to go with the Lord because all we're doing is moving forward, God. All we're doing is conquering versus the Lord has to come and rescue me out of a pit that I dug for myself or undo yes. all the the wickedness that I've allowed to come in or, or whatever those things are. I prefer just to move forward with God versus circling the mountain. Let mm -hmm. me just, just teach me. And, you know, I've come to a place in, in my life where I'm like, just tell me about it, Lord, and I'll believe you and we can just go on. I don't need to taste it to know that you're right. I don't need to experience the heartache that comes as a result of, you know, un ungodly living or walking outside of love. I don't need to taste it to know that it's bad. Just, Lord, if you tell me, I know then the consequences. If you say something is bad, it's bad. If you say it's good, it's good. I know that because he is incapable of lying. So, yes. So what you're talking about is the first part of that section of scripture. Of which one? Zechariah? No, of Matthew 11. Because he's talking about the, well, in, in verse 25, which really kind of starts that section. He's discussing how there are things hidden from the self-proclaimed wise and prudent. Right? Mm -hmm. Yes. But yes. those things that are revealed, right? He's revealed them to babes, to infants. Right? The complete yes. opposite of someone that is considered wise and set up and established and, and, a, and a prudent person. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. But that's yes. wisdom. And then the infant, the babe in Christ can then take that and move forward in it and prove themselves to be even wiser. But it has to be revealed. Right? Yes. And if the Lord's speaking to you, then he's revealing things to you. And it's all applicable to your life and to how, and you should apply that to your life. All of it applies yes. to your life and you should apply all of it to your life, right? Mm -hmm. it, that's the, I'll say, if you would want to put it in a, in a cyclical motion, right? Because it applies and you have a role and a responsibility in applying it or carrying it out or executing it as it were, right? Yes. Throughout every area and aspect of your life. It matters. Mm -hmm. And it matters yes. to the, oh, well, how you grow, develop, mature. But then also to, I'll say, the quality of life that you have. Both of a spiritual and natural nature. Yes. It, it will be revealing. Mm-hmm. It will be seen by all, right? Uh, Paul writes about that. Here are epistles read by everyone. Amen. Living, living epistles. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So uh, the wisdom that, that you're receiving from the Lord, apply it to your life. 
you and everyone around you will see the difference. Yes. There is is an impossibility that you apply it to your life and don't receive the outcome that the Lord has already determined. Hmm. Amen. That which goes back to Isaiah fifty five eleven. His word goes forth and accomplishes all he planned and purposed. It does not return void. Right? Yes. Yes. No, I did put that backwards. It goes forth and and does not return void, but accomplishes all he planned and purposed. Like, correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> Put in the correct order there. Right? But it matters. Yes. It matters. And because he's given us free will, we have a role and a part to play, to choose, or to be willing to receive that wisdom and apply it. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, Romans chapter 5 says, uh, verse 5, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And um, what does that mean? It, It goes with what you just said. When we listen to God, when we walk with him, when we follow him, we're gonna get the outcome that he desires and we won't be disappointed. Now, for from a human standpoint, there's one caveat that I would wanna encourage you in is, God is not here to do your will. (laughs) He's not here to do human will. And sometimes we misunderstand that and we start putting our own Mm -hmm. will on him and expect him to fall into line with that. And we create in our minds what we think he's going to do based on what we desire that he does. And God does what he's going to do, what he said he would do. His word does not return void. Um, Not your you're the human's will, not, not my personal will, not anyone's personal will. Even Jesus said, I come in the sum of the book, it's written of me. I have mm-hmm. come to do your will, O Lord. And the secret food that he had was to do the will of the father. And then he said, again, I finished the work that my father gave me to do in the earth. So it's God's will that he will accomplish. And when we set our heart and our mind on that and saying, Lord, your kingdom come and your will be done, not mine. Nevertheless, not my will, Lord but your will, Father, we won't be disappointed. But if you try to put your own um, stencil on that, if you try to put your own dictatorship on what God is going to do, your own dictation on that, carnal flesh will be disappointed every time because God does not do the will of human flesh. Uh, Doesn't mean he doesn't love us. Doesn't mean he won't guide us and correct us if we've misunderstood something that he is saying or doing. Um, But he always leads us in victory. He always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus. And there's no point in time where we trust him that he lets us down. Amen. Amen. Well, there's a lot there, so we're going to pause for today. And with that, can I get someone to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, I promise. Lord, just thank you for today. And just mm-hmm. thank you for coming into our midst, Lord, and just showing us your perfect will, Lord. Lord, I also mm-hmm. just thank you for... Conforming us to your image, Lord, and that we're not to anyone else's. Amen to that. Lord, I also just thank you for being our God and allowing us to be your people. Mm-hmm. In the name in of Jesus, Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to a Day of Prayers Morning Bible Study. 
This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through a day of prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select Partner. Complete the form, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.